that's just harsh. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> nicer about it. <laughs> My whole day has just been one big tone misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. Well, surprising. Every day. Oh, uh, good. Well, this is a perfect time for us to record a lighthearted podcast, right? No, I can't so wait. Lighthearted. Um, are you are you recording? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was good. All right. I've yeah, been kissed by Rose on the grave. And I'm a new man. Baby. That's that whole song. How are you going to go on record and say you ride for that song, but you don't even know the words? Well, I don't think anybody knows that part, do they? Where he's like, there's like two seals and he's singing to himself and he's like, I zip out of the and a boo on the green. What we're finding out over the course of these recordings is that some of the greatest songs of all time have completely unintelligible lyrics. Yes, definitely. It's just about the rhythm of it, man. It's about the vibe. You just got to feel the vibe. Vibe check. You know, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is gonna. Some people are not gonna react positively to this. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> I don't endorse this. And you, you might be one of them. I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and unendorse I, this part. I can't wait for you. I, I'm curious what you have to say. Uh, okay, so the nature of my work means that I listen to music about at least five hours at a time, but usually like 10 hours in a day. Uh Okay. And I don't think that I'm, look, I've not gone to school for music. You know, I was in middle school and high school band. That was as much music education as I got. You play a recorder at some point. How dare you? Were you? What did you play? The saxophone? It's not not like I have a huge, excuse me, musical theory background or anything like that. Well, no one's accusing you of that. (laughs) I'm not trying to say (laughs) that I have all these insights to music. However, when you listen to one particular genre of music for a long time, then it's like eating hot sauce, Right. right? If you eat you know, Cholula every day, then after a while, it's it's not that spicy. It's just a flavor. Right. Tolerance. And so yeah. to get that kind <clears throat> of spice, you want to push a little bit further, a little bit deeper into, you know, stuff that's not as uh, widespread, is widely consumed. Right. And <clears throat> this is an analogy that I've grown to make about music that if you listen to the same genre for a long enough time, then you want to try and listen to some people that are out on the edges of that genre. All right. And I don't, I don't necessarily like my, one of my favorite questions to ask is like, how do you define a genre? Do you select the thing that seems to be the most quintessential representation of that genre like start in the middle and then work your way out and then once you've gone so far out from the center it's no longer a part of that genre anymore it's a part of something else you know what i mean yeah and 
mostly that's a masturbatory question, right? It doesn't really serve any major end outside of the mind, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any kind of real impact or difference on anybody else's life. Yeah. But <clears throat> about six years ago, seven years ago, yeah. I started listening to Young Thug. And the very first time I heard him, I was like, I don't know. You know, like, yeah. it was easy to try and shrug him off as this, as a member of the mumble rap community, where it's like, you couldn't really understand what he was saying. And that seemed to appeal to some people and it didn't appeal to other people. And, and I distinctly remember this moment where I said to myself, if, if I don't, force myself to continue to entertain the idea that new music is worthwhile, then I am about to become fossilized in the music that I already know. And I'm never going to enjoy new music ever again. Right. Yeah. And I, I had to kind of make a conscious choice to continue to try and stay open to new music as I aged, because it is, it is shown that most people listen to the music that they were listening to between the ages of like 18 and 25. Right. Right. And so I get into this, you know, emergent relationship with Young Thug as a listener. And in the beginning, I'm like, I don't I don't think I get it. You know, like, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure it passes the test of like what I think is good. Mm-hmm. And then I continued and then I made that decision. I was like, I'm not going to make a snap judgment about this guy. I'm going to really listen to him and entertain it. The idea that he is a true artist and I just don't get the art yet. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I've never been so happy that I continue to push because I really think that now I think his time is a little bit past and like his musical children are now dominating the charts, if you will. And like making more, music and and continuing to push the genre further but i feel like young thug even though he's been profiled a couple times like i'm not sure he gets the real credit that he deserves as being like kind of the 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 steam engine at the front of the train that is pushing that genre into new directions where he was doing something, you know, seven to four years ago that everybody else seems to be doing now. And it, your, your statement made me think, or our, you know, the, us laughing about some of the best songs being unintelligible made me think of it because I still like, I will listen to his albums. Like I, there for a period of time for like four years, it was about all I listened to was young thug. Like when I was at the gym or whatever, it was just like constant young thug. And that album, Jeffrey, I think represents like, that's like his, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It's like the peak of his aesthetic Mm -hmm. and it's the most realized version of what he's doing. And it is just a sonically gorgeous album. And his delivery is as important as the lyrics to me, right? Maybe maybe he would disagree, but we're talking about the consumer here, right? Right. And um, so I like I know every beat and every you know chord change or whatever you want to say, every moment, every nook and cranny of that album because I've listened to it so many times. But if you asked me to write out those lyrics, yeah, I would be in a I would be in a tough spot. <laughs> well, I think the human ear is attracted to melodies more than intelligible 
lyrics, you know? Well, you say so, that, but like there are, you know, people, there are people that just like they listen to an album one time and then they know all the words, to all the songs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, but I, I have the same, the same thing. Going. I have a lot of friends of mine. They're into metal, right? Uh-huh. Like, like really heavy, you know, metal, like death metal. And a lot yeah. of that is just screeching and they, they, they know what the lyrics are. And I'm like, how can you tell? It's just screaming to me, you know, like I can't hear any of it. But I guess if you listen to it enough, you kind of pick up on it. But yeah, I mean, and that's there's people like that with Young Thug too. You know that that I find it fun to decipher his lyrics. I mean, the common kind of thing a couple of years ago was to say that Young Thug like speaks in cursive, mm-hmm. and that you know his intonation, his delivery is you know it it is analogous to cursive handwriting and i really like that like yeah, that's cool that's i like that analogy whatever um but i'm not out here trying to read cursive all day yeah you right. know? yeah yeah I, I mean i get that i don't know and it's, you listen to him like seriously listen yeah. to him oh yeah yeah i i like young thug i i was real not into the mumble rap stuff at first especially from djing because i have to play whatever the hot songs are and the mumble rap stuff when it came to rise i was like man this is it's hard to dance to it's like awkward to play in the club because it's just a different thing and so initially i was like Ugh, i cannot stand this and then as i listen to it more and i just it's like anything you have to pick up the stuff that you like right yeah and, and i and i'm like even like i'm not even sure that mumble rap is really fair to you know because it's like i mean it's trap right and like i'm not well, sure it's I mean, more like would, modern he, rap and than anything you know like i think that it is you can split it into these like sub genres of things you know and it's just the way people describe it you know yeah but it's like modern rap versus like your 90s rap versus your 80s rap you know like True. people forget that like in the in the 90s there was a whole group of people who were like i don't like gangster rap it's not the 80s rap that i grew up with you yeah. know and like also there was a lot of 90s gangster rap that was trash that was terrible that wasn't good you know it's like any kind of pop music but there was yeah, so exactly. much of it that was good and people forget that and it's just like that with modern rap it's like there's stuff that's good and there's stuff that's throwaway just to you know be hot, a hot song for a week and that's it but there is good stuff in it like I, I like Young Thug and I like uh, Lil Yachty a lot um, yeah Lil Boat yeah I, I like his I like how absurd he is with his lyrics yeah there's like an absurdity to it that I appreciate um which I think reflects his generation of young person in America, you know, attached. Sure. To like I mean, I guess on and, the other end of that continuum in a relatively same age group or cohort would be, um, 21 Savage, which is like, yeah, I like not nearly as optimistic or as goofy as Lil Yachty, but like similar cohort and doing something totally different. And I was, out on 21 savage until that um without warning i don't know if it's an album or mixtape came out but like my my partner jared we'd often train together you know at the same time because we're forced to train when the gym is closed and he kind of like there's been a few albums where i listened to it the first time and i was like i don't know if i like this but Mm -hmm. like it pinged to him and so he would whenever he would choosing the music he would choose an album like that and it would be so heavy in our rotation that i would grow to love it and like that album 
is so good. <laughs> the 21 so good. Savage album? The Yeah, the 21 Savage yeah. uh, without warning. Yeah, I, I like 21 Savage. Um, I It doesn't surprise me that you have found things in this style of modern rap that you like because I can see a direct through line from uh, Lil Wayne to this stuff. Yeah. And like, of course. in so many ways, like Lil Wayne is like one of the the grandfathers of this, um, because he was he changed the way delivery was in rap in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, he, he was very mumbly yeah. in his sort of style of song. Like, not every song, but a lot of them. You know, and I think that's why it took me longer to get attached to this newer stuff because I, I you're a huge Lil Wayne fan, and I'm not. You know, I don't dislike Lil Wayne, but I'm just it never like spoke to me. I guess. Yeah. But I can see, I see why the generation of, you can see the evolution of that, you know? Well, and the other thing is that Lil Wayne and I are the same age. Right. So you, and so, yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe you being a little bit older, you know, that, that was, was that maybe the first major superstar rapper that was younger than you? Probably. Yeah. I mean, that I can like, pick out and say yeah that you know yeah because like it's like you know outcast is what influenced me and those guys are pretty much the same age as me you know a little bit older right. but um very similar a- age and like yeah i think that's that's interesting i mean the other thing that like hip-hop does is it's a time capsule of a time so i think there is a direct correlation to you really attaching to artists that are your in your generation i guess particularly yeah. hip-hop because it like reflects it's so good at like capturing what a time period feels like or like references to that time period or whatever, you know, the zeitgeist it taps into the zeitgeist. <laughs> Look, Young thug says that Lil Wayne is his biggest influence and he, you know, I mean, he has a mixtape or album or whatever you want to call it called barter six. Okay. Yeah. See, I can, uh, I can see that. And, Many would say that Barter Six is his best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people say Barter Six is his best, but I really like the um, production on Jeffrey. It is so buoyant and bouncy and like ethereal that it immediately, like, I don't know. He could, I mean, he's definitely talking about some very dark topics, I'm sure, but like, I am just like floating and flitting around the room whenever I listen to that album. <laughs> I'm sure that's the that's the, that's the reaction he wanted. I, I would like for the yeah. audience to flit about. Well, it, it begs the question of art, right? Yeah. Do we have to attach ourselves to the artist's intent, or do we attach our our interpretation to our, our own end? intent? Yeah. How strict do we become to the text? I've always thought it was fifty fifty in that way for my. Oh, you like fifty cent? Yeah, me too. Yeah, fifty. You know, blood in the sand, man. Yo, I just listened to a podcast with fifty cent. Did you? He was on. Uh, I think he was on Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was that. It was that one. And like, it was a, it was, a, I mean, not that it's surprising, but it's a really enjoyable listen. Like, I hadn't really thought of 50 Cent in a while. I mean, I'll go back to uh, Get Rich or Die Trying because there's another time capsule yeah. of an album that, like, you know, I can play through, or at least I think I can play through. But the reality is, I play the first third of the album and then I kind of stick, like, skip the middle third because that's when all the, like, a little bit more pop songs come in and then it goes, it goes a little bit harder at the end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, I was really nice to like spend some time with 50 Cent again via a podcast. Yeah. I guess he's got a book out, which is why he was like, you know, doing a, a tour, a, a virtual tour, if you will. But, my, um, my friend Matt, uh, he was a driver for the for the movies here in Wilmington, uh-huh. and he drove Fifty Cent around when they were filming one of his movies, and uh, he said he was really cool. He's like really nice, actually. Yeah, he seems uh, like it. And he, he seems, you know, yeah, it seems cool. Why well, I, I would put Seal in his own genre, so. <laughs> <laughs> genre is seal have you seen that alex trebek supercut of him saying genre on jeopardy no it's just him oh. saying genre <laughs> to i'm gonna it. write it down right, right now because we're gonna notes. include that in the show notes i'll go grab that All video right, yeah yeah well. <laughs> it is it is uh it's a masterpiece that sounds pretty good. Uh, kudos to you for expanding your musical horizons as you get older, though, because that is a thing. Me and my other, especially like my DJ friends that are my age, um, we always bring up the fact, we always talk about that because there is a group of people who are just like all music outside of the 10 years that I listened to it in high school is trash, you know? Yeah. And uh, you see it with people when you go, when I play gigs at clubs, they're like, play some old school. And I'm like, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. What is old school yeah. to you? What's old school to you is like new stuff to me. You yeah. Know? Like early 2000s stuff is old school to a lot of people. And I'm like, no, like old school to me is like 80s rap, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. But yeah, there's no. There, uh, it I seems mean, so boring to get locked into just listening to. This. I mean, I say that and I listen to the same stuff over and over again, but I do listen to new music. Well, I think some of it too. I mean, I'm not sure there's that many people that are going to care enough. Like, I'm not like people, you do what you care about. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people listen to music more passively. It's just background noise. It's pleasant or whatever. That's why pop music is so popular. Right. It's because that pop music is, <clears throat> you know, a combination of things that are going to be reliably enjoyable to the majority of people. Yeah, And it's like the, they're telling you, Oh, this is good. You should like this. Cause it, we're saying this is good. So it's good. And that, I mean, I don't hate on pop music. Like no, I, I like I a mean, lot of pop music. Yeah. I mean, um, people forget that like, uh, you know, the Beatles were pop music at one point in time, you know, like, absolutely. It's, I don't know. They're fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, okay. But, but you know, like if you care about, like, I don't care about the NFL, mm-hmm. right? So people can look at me when they're talking about, you know, players on a team and they see me just go vacant in my eyes. And it's like, you know, if you care, like you're going to continue to pay attention to the thing. Yeah. And um, it's uh, and so I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, although I am going to say I'm really freaking happy that I made that conscious choice of like, oh, my goodness, I'm about to atrophy out of music. Yeah. If I, you know, if I don't keep pushing forward, I'm not going to appreciate anything that's coming out that's new, that sounds different, you know? And so, um, you know, and I've not, I mean, it's not just this genre that I'm doing that in. It's a lot of different genres of music. I, you know, I try to be as eclectic as possible. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so it continues on in other directions. And the fact that I'm, often selecting i'm not a dj but i'm selecting music that's trying to reflect the tone of an atmosphere in a room in which i'm working for either five or ten hours in a day is uh 
you know, it, it kind of like if you're not paying attention, you're going to your people are going to be tired of coming to your spot. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got to you got to keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Seal. Kiss from a rose. Yeah. Play that, play that whole first, first Seal album. They'll love it. They love <laughs> lifting weights to that. It's two two episodes in a row. We spent twelve minutes talking about seal. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. I'm all right. Yeah, I know you are. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. Um, welcome to episode one thirty of I Only Like Their Old Stuff. This is the podcast where we answer the question: Is it hype or is it not the hype? Uh, I'm Jay Ho, and with me, as always, is Groove. Hey, equal co-host Groove. <laughs> I too am a co-host. We co-host together. That's, egos that's false modesty you know it. egos saved um i was, <laughs> speaking of seal i got some shout outs i think for number one i think we got two number one fans this week all right okay i think i have a guess go on okay so one is the long lost clave has shown up again super fan pantheon fan from back in the day who did all of our artwork for our show um somehow got a hold of like real finally realized that we were recording again and put up a really nice post on Twitter about how excited he was about the reboot and did this incredible artwork of us that we will use um, in future episodes. Yeah, I'm going to I'm 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 going to break your heart a little bit. I reached out to him. Uh, okay. That's no, no that's fine. Okay. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I hit him right. up on Twitter cuz I was like cuz he cuz he we didn't know recording and I, you know, it's made me yeah. think about him. It's made yeah. me, you know, we heard from Zell, we've heard from all the regulars, but we hadn't heard from Clave. And I was, you know, I mean, when when we were first recording, he was in high school. You know, he's like, yeah, and I know. I don't take any responsibility for the human being that he's become, which appears to me that he's become like a a really neat person. You know, yeah. like a good dude. So I, we, I'm not saying we're, we can take credit for that. You know, we probably can. Oh, we probably but, should. Like, we raised him pretty much. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, you know, so I was just like wondering how he was doing, what he yeah. was up to. So I just went and found him on that's, Twitter. That's and, cool. He wrote you know, a really got, nice Twitter post, uh, tagged us in it. And I didn't even know he knew. I mean, I don't know how he found my Twitter handle. But anyway, um, yeah, Clave, at Clave4E on Twitter. Check him out. He is a fantastic artist, like amazing. One of the like greatest like cartoon artists I've I've personally have ever known. You know? I'm, well, how many cartoon artists do you know? Well, I'm good friends with Jim Davis, who does the Garfield. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> well, we've been I'm, a pen pal you know, since me, I was in. Bill Waterson's my next door neighbor. Okay, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. no, but Clave's amazing, and Clave has done artwork for other things. He's done artwork for kayak events. I was I've been involved with, and I was just got off the phone with Mitchell from the Oatmeal Conspiracy, and he's like, "Yeah, Clave did that artwork of for the Oatmeal Conspiracy," and I was like, "Yeah, he did." That's I mean, he's he's you know, solid dude, good artist. So definitely number one fan to him. Another number one fan I heard from just one miss. Yep. You know, she, did she message you too? Yeah. Miss Miss yeah. me a bit. That's right. She, uh, miss just one miss. She used to be on the show. She was kind of our producer for a little while and has always been a fan, always been supportive. And she was, uh, she finally caught up with the other episodes and she messaged me after she listened to the first one. She was like, yeah, I was out running and that was a bad idea because I started crying. Um, because of Whoa. how emotional that episode was. And then I was like, oh, well, yeah. Um, 
sorry. And then a few days later, she got to the most recent one and she said, I shouldn't listen to this while I'm running because I just laughed so hard I couldn't run anymore when <laughs> David was talking, particularly when you were talking about Kiss from a Rose. I think it was the maybe part that got her but i was like well she's like you should put a disclaimer or something not to run to this and i was like well, all right so here's your disclaimer we don't suggest we, running or doing we, anything to listen we, we to put the disclaimer i don't even fucking listen yeah to just this. don't listen to it at all be safe there will be no emotions yeah so uh yeah shout out to just one miss and clave our two number one fans we appreciate y'all appreciate the support as always and uh yeah Hopefully this one won't make you laugh. I mean, I would rather make you laugh than cry, but, you know, maybe we can make people angry with this one. I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather not. No, it would be all right. Yeah. You got any other yeah. housekeeping stuff before we get into the main uh, part of the show? No, I got, we're, we're all cleared up. Those are the two, yeah, those are the two yeah. interactions I have with people this week was... You know, um, so, well, actually, um, that's not true. Last week, I plagiarized somebody's idea. Um, <clears throat> this friend that I've made up here in Rhode Island, his name's Bill. Mm-hmm. And this guy, um, i it's uncanny to me. It's honestly, I've never met anybody like him. He's read every book. He's seen every movie. He's listened to every album. And he will constantly talk about like connections between different pieces of pop culture and art and whatnot. And he'll speak on it more eloquently and insightfully than anyone else I know. And never once does he speak in such a way that he's like got anything to prove, you know? Cause like usually this, you know, usually people consume that kind of, they read a bunch of books. They want you to know they've read books. You know what I'm saying? And, um, he, uh, and, and, and so just like knee jerk last week, I can't even remember. I think I was talking about the, um, the night comes for us, that movie on Netflix. Yeah. Um, that I was saying like, Oh, he's the one that said, Oh, it's like somebody watched the raid, but said I can make it bloodier. Yeah. And, um, so he'll like, he'll drop into my text messages, like maybe once every three or four days with just some paragraph that is yeah hilarious you know but also like maybe a recommendation for a movie or something like yeah. that in fact i have something that came in today i'm just gonna read this it was today at 6 30 p.m revenger on netflix it's not the raid but then again nothing is kind of a throwback to 90s straight to video everything takes place in a jungle or an abandoned building the lead has maybe four lines of dialogue and opens the movie by kicking the shit out of half a dozen guys on the beach while wearing a straight jacket and a Hannibal Lecter mask, plus bows and arrows and an evil hunchback with two swords. It also does that thing where the hero enters a room, fucking murders a dozen guys, and then the level boss lounging in the back stands up and applauds sarcastically before joining <laughs> the fight. I never get tired of that. And and this guy, Bill, you know, he was talking, we, we'll, we'll talk about podcasts, you know what I'm saying? Because he listens to a bunch of podcasts while he's at work. And 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 so I, you know, very uh, sheepishly told him that I was recording again. And I, I suggested to him to go and listen to the, uh, you know, reboot episode. And, and he, he checked it out. And to my disbelief, he pressed on and listened to the second episode. Oh, wow. And he yeah, was like, so he it's just, like a modern day gift of the Magi. 
I mean, look, you know, I mean, you've you've actually I I guess you've probably experienced some of this in the past five years because your social network and I mean, a real social network of people has changed. Yeah, for sure. But we don't we don't I mean, people don't usually make new friends in their 30s and 40s. Yeah, but I have. Right. But I'm saying like it's refreshing because I'm like I made friends with this guy, Bill, just like last year. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, or I get, you know, it's cool. It's cool to meet somebody that's like genuinely delightful that you're like, oh, I want to spend some more time with this person. Yeah. You know? It's hard to come by. <laughs> hard to come by. Hey, look, make new friends. Keep the old. Nice. Some are silver. The other's gold. <laughs> Great. That's so profound. Let's um, get into it. So, well, one more thing. Uh, Ninja T, old uh, SC Tripper himself, number one fan last week, Trip. He uh, he wrote me and said, "Hey man, you guys should do more recipes on the show." <laughs> he said, "I I never had Mexican street corn before." Yeah, he so Ninja T he made the Mexican street corn that I use that I put up in the the show notes two episodes ago. And it was delicious, of course. Last one. Huh? It maybe was the last one. Yeah, he made it. Yeah. And he, he made it, sent me the picture of it. It was like, this is delicious. You guys should do more recipes. So I was like, maybe that's a future you know segment on the show. Yeah. I got a quick one for you real quick. Okay. First of all, do you like avocados? Sure. Okay. Here's a good like summer lunch. Easy. You take an avocado, cut it in half, take the pit out of it. Okay, so far you've just described any avocado recipe. eating an avocado. Uh, Scoop the inside of the hole of where the pit was out a little bit. Uh You take a pan, put some olive oil in it, heat it up, you know, till the olive oil's hot. Put those, uh, uh, still in the the shells, put the the avocado face down in there, and you just uh, sear it. Sear the avocado for a little while just so it gets, like, warmed up and it gets a little sear on the top level. Okay. And then you take it and you can fill it with any kind of like mayo based salad or you could put cottage cheese in it. I put like crab dip in it or like a seafood salad. And then uh you just eat it right out of the, the avocado skin with a with a spoon. It's delicious. I I'll tell you I've already had I've already got a uh, hype still out, but my my new hype still out is whether or not you're going to continue with these recipes. The recipes? Yeah. Well, that's all I got is street corn and avocados. So. Street corn and avocado. Yeah. yeah. You got a name for that recipe? Uh, avocado a la J-ho. <laughs> Trip's just hitting the rewind 30 second button as yeah. he's searing the avocados right now to make sure he's not forgetting a step. Yeah. <laughs> it's real simple. It's not, it's, you can't screw it up. Sounds a little weird to heat the avocado up, but it's actually really delicious. Um, and you put you put tuna fish in it, whatever kind of stuff like that you want to put in there. You know, uh, I, I just a quick aside. What what do you think Tripp's opinion is on avocados? Uh, man, he never ceases to uh, to amaze me. So I think that he's probably into it. I think he's out. He doesn't have 
he doesn't like tomatoes on his burger. I think it's a texture thing, and I think the tomato is a cousin to the avocado in texture. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see, I guess. I'll, we'll all wait on pins and needles to hear back. Yeah. Hit us up. Tune in sure next week yeah. to, to learn about whether or not this guy you've never met likes an avocado. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the inside jokes on this show are going to kill us. All right. Okay, so I let's get it. What? I love inside jokes. I know you I'd do. love to be a part of one sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to get into the main meat of the show here. Um, we're going to start out the show this week with. Uh, with not the hype and uh, we discussed this beforehand and we didn't really know how to tackle it so we're going to do our best and hopefully you know do the topic justice but uh there's some pretty awful things happening in our country and the world right now and we kind of felt like we needed to touch on it a little bit obviously the show is mostly about jokes and being funny but there's some pretty serious stuff going on so Gary, you said you had kind of something to say well, I, it's not that I have something to say. It's just that, yeah, we're, we're living in a time of, of, you know, big social unrest, right? There have now been at least one protest in all 50 states about, you know, police brutality and uh, the killing of George Floyd, right? And um, it doesn't seem genuine of us not to touch on it. Right. And we were wondering whether or not to even record, or if we do record, how do we talk about this? Because we're both cognizant of the fact that we're sitting here as two white men, like we're not necessarily thought leaders on this issue. And I'll just say, you know, like it, it's not that this is anything new, but it does appear to me that, more people are taking it more seriously now. And um, one of the things that has been impressed upon me that I have taken to heart over the past week is that simply suggesting that you're not racist may not be enough. Yeah. That, you know, that there are certain things that people need to do to work toward being anti-racist, right? Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> there have been a couple people that I kind of... Um, think of when I think about topics like this that I look to for direction and example that are among my friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, they've been pretty clearly saying that message and the details of that message are a little bit different here and there, but there seem to be some, you know, salient themes, right. One of which is like, um, educating yourself and not relying on other people to educate you. Yeah. And, paying attention to where your own blind spots are and learning about where your own blind spots are. And it's funny earlier. Well, I guess it was yesterday. A friend of mine had said that they were going to, she, she was going to start this like book club based on one of the books that's commonly recommended for white people to read, you know, when they're entertaining the idea of what the difference is between not racist and anti-racist. And she said, I'm buying this book. If anybody wants to read it with me and discuss it with me, you know, we can do that. And, um, and so I ordered the book and I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to do this. You know, I want to, I want to do this with you. And so there's like eight people that are, uh, in this little book club. Right. And then all of a sudden I get on the phone with somebody else later on in the day 
and we were just talking to each other as friends. And I said, you know, how you doing? Oh, well, you know, this, this shit is fucked up, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, and it turns out I, long story short, I had two different phone calls with two different people who do not know the original person that started the book club that I joined. Yeah. And they're each doing book clubs of their own. With the same book? Not the same book, but the same intention. Yeah, I got you. And, um, and so that I thought, I mean, like, of course I, I can't join three different book clubs. You know what I mean? I'm going to stick to the original one, you know, and, and the book actually that we ordered is on back order to like July 29th. So we're like, as a group making suggestions for other reading materials or podcasts to listen to in the meantime. But, um, you know, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I guess, you know, at the end of the day, the thing that I'm doing my best to do is not centralize myself in this. Right. And, yeah. and um, I, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, the thing that I told myself that was going to be my mantra was don't make this about you. Yeah. And this just seems to be like another opportunity to say to myself, don't make this about you. Don't, you know, like it's been kind of a struggle push and pull on the one side you hear people saying like, it's important to speak up like in social media, but on the other side, like I don't necessarily, I do my best never to virtue signal, right? Like I don't like, I'd like to think that the people that know me know who I am and what I stand for. And therefore I don't need to overtly publicize that because I feel that my, the most effective way to impact change on other people is through example and through invitation rather than through guilt and shame. And so I haven't been that public, you know, and whatever sort of small platform I may have. Um, However, you know, like it it is a thing that I'm doing and I I guess it's important to like share with other people. Yeah, this is, this has caused me to pay a little bit more attention and take the time out of my life to read a few books and read some essays that might help me understand how I play into the systemic problems that our country faces. Yeah. And like one of those things is being uncomfortable, right? And and you might make some other people uncomfortable. And for me, and I know for you as well, that is like the antithesis of who I am. I do my best yeah, not to rock the boat. I don't want to make people uncomfortable, but that's the whole point of protest and speaking up is sometimes you need to make people uncomfortable. You know? Well, right. Yeah, that's the... To, to whatever degree right? you're going to take it to, you, it's about making people uncomfortable because if people aren't uncomfortable, then they're never going to see that something's bothering someone, you know? Right. And yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me. I'm sure for you too, just because I don't use my social media in like an activist kind of way um, for any kind of topic. I, I generally try to just do jokes and stuff like that. And I don't get into political discussions on my social media, et cetera. Um, I used to, but I kind of like put it, I'd like limited that just because it wasn't what was bringing me any sort of, it wasn't helping me, I guess, to discuss well, the, things. But but the thing I would also probably suggest is that you probably weren't changing any hearts and minds either. That's, that's the other thing is it felt like I was causing more distress to myself and other people than I was helping anyone learn anything. <laughs> So my point of view, and I've seen a lot of people say, well, if you don't speak up on this, then you're just as bad as blah, blah, blah. Well, it's hard to say that because it's like, I also don't want to be disingenuous. 
you know, because I don't want to be like, oh, look at me. I'm being, I'm saying the thing that everyone knows I feel anyway, just to say it so that I'll get credit or something, you know, which is not why I would do that, but it's the reason why I avoid it, you know? Um, and, and I don't know if that's wrong or not. I actually, today I put up a post on my social media. Finally, after thinking about it for like five days, I've, I've, I've really struggled with this and it's bothered me just what's going on in general. Cause it's, you know, I, I, it's, it's injustice and I don't, I don't agree with it, you know, but I finally came out and said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to try to do what I can to be better and learn more. That was another point is like, I want to learn more. And I think that's how I can help, you know, in this sort of situation. Yeah. I mean, in the one hand, I mean, uh, you know, I have traditionally been one that thinks that whatever I say on social media will be heard by people that already agree with me and the people that don't agree with me are not, are not going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. therefore, it's not worth it for me to post anything because then there, all it is is a virtue signal. It's just, however, yeah. the people that, and, and granted, I'm already predisposed to try and stay open minded and try and do what I believe the right thing to be is, right? So I was predisposed to this anti-racist argument. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, I wasn't entertaining the idea of reading a book on anti-racism until I saw like six of my friends just constantly yeah. spamming their Instagram account, you know, and, the, and the, like finally like the wave of that crashed on me on Tuesday morning. And I was like, fuck me, you know, like I, what am I doing sitting on my couch? Like, let me... Let me at least if I'm going to sit on my couch, I'm going to sit on my couch with a book in my hand and and see where I've, you know, where can I improve on being real? You know, like if I'm going to try and be an ally to any marginalized group, like it's not enough to pay lip service to it, which I think is that push and pull that you've been having. Yeah, that certainly I've been having, too, is like I if I'm going to do something, I don't want to have it be lip service well yeah and i and it's not for me to judge who is being sincere and who's not like i don't know what's in the you know this person that changes their profile picture to a ribbon for whatever cause is going on right now i don't know what's in their heart i don't know if they're doing that i would hope that they're being genuine some people are doing it so they don't aren't frowned upon you know it's not for me to judge that it's just not what i do you know like I, cause I see like, you know, they call it slacktivism, like doing the bare minimum on social media is not really helping, you know? Yeah. But the flip side of that is, and what I realized today is I was like, you know what? Like my black friends and the black people that interact with me in my life, I want them to know that I support them, you know? And I, and I, w- I would go to links that are not public to do this too but like i was like i need to i want to say something to acknowledge it you know um and that's why i said that you know it wasn't for any it wasn't to change anybody's mind or like anything like that you know i think that's yeah i mean it's it's tough like i can't imagine well that's what i mean that's why it's come to this right is like there's a there's a large swath of of people who simply don't budge like they're not going to budge they're set in their ways and they're the way they think and that's why 
a protest makes people uncomfortable, yeah. you know, like that, but that's the, the, the design of protest too. It is to try to force the change, you know? And, yeah. and I, and I get that. And, but I just like, think about, I mean, I, I am very privileged to be a white male in America, you know, as are you. And I, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think I understand that privilege a lot more now than I did when I was younger. Um, and I also was just thinking about this, this whole thing, like, black culture has impacted my life my whole life you know sure and added to my life like science music food movies all these things that 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 sprang out of black culture and as americans we're so enriched by that you know and there's so much of like it's easy to like enjoy all these things and then in the other hand turn your back on these marginalized people, you know, it's just the ultimate hypocrisy. And I don't want to be a part of that hypocrisy, you know, like I, I, I have an appreciation for these things, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I'm coming across this since that sounds stupid. Or no, I, th- no, I so. think, I think, I think you're understood, right? Like I understand the point. I appreciate it. I mean, we, cause we started this episode off and not because of this talking about hip hop, because hip hop is such a par- important part of both of our lives. Sure. And hip hop doesn't speak to me like the, the experiences that hip hop artists have. It's not reflecting my experience, you know, but I'd like to think right. that maybe some, it gives me a little window into that. Now I can never feel what it's like to be black in America. I could just never feel that. But like there's things I would not have learned about that experience without hip hop, you know? Yeah. I would have never been yeah. exposed to certain things like that. And like, I have such an appreciation of that you know and you know it's influenced my career being a dj and all this stuff you know and black art has influenced my my graphic work and my artwork you know yep um yeah you've been ripping off basquiat for how long for a long time he was like one of my number one influences you know and well i'm just gonna say i'll say for the sake of the podcast and then we can put it in the show notes the book that I ordered is literally titled How to Be an Anti-Racist, and it's written by Ibram Kennedy. Okay. Or, or Kendi. Uh, we can put that a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, in the okay. meantime, before that um, book comes to my house, I'm going to give the uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, Between the World and Me a reread. I don't know if you ever read that when it came out. It, it kind of was like a you know a, as big of a hit as a book can be. No, um, I, I didn't. I'm not familiar. It's with not. It. I mean, it's not necessarily. I mean, it's about. You know, it's about. It's kind of a memoir from one writer to his son about yeah. what it's going to be like for him to be black in America, and it's an extremely effective book. You know, um, I remember reading it when it came out. That was like we were in the old house, so that must have been three or four years ago. And um, I remember just sitting in the backyard, like reading it while like Mackenzie was like gardening and just saying to her like okay, you need to stop what you're doing, sit down and listen. And I would just read her passages from yeah. that book out loud. And, um, but it's been, you know, it's been several years and I'm not even really one to reread books, but as we search for something to read in the meantime, that's the suggestion that I'm going to be making to the group to read. And and yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, as you're saying, like we owe, if, if we owe so much of our own, like, cultural experience just growing up in America to this community, then now it's time to like do something about that. Right. Like it's, or or, or that's not, it shouldn't be a transactional thing. It shouldn't be because of that. I'm going to do this. It should be a matter of human dignity. Right. But 
you're adding fuel to the fire of like, okay, well now it's, you know, like if I'm, I have taken certain things for granted. Yeah. It's a taking it for granted. That's like that. I think that's my point is that get all these, you know, given these gifts from people through and, and in so many ways inspired through their own hardship, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like entertainment from their pain, you know, and, and, and from since the beginning of, you know, the, the founding of America, you know, and, and before, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult topic and I don't know if we've done justice to it or not. Hopefully this wasn't too cringy, but I just, I mean, I think we both want to know that, you know, we support, you know, racism is wrong and we support, you know, the, the black community and you know i'm i'm glad people are protesting and i don't know what else to say other than i'm going to try i'm going to try to do better you know uh, yeah i'm i'm laughing because i'm just, i'm listening to you try to find the right words and look we're not you know we're not cultural critics you know well, I like just, i don't yeah, want to i'm with you i don't want to say you the know? wrong thing you know like that's the hard exactly. thing is I, i'm so awkward in my in trying to express these things anyway and i just don't want to say the wrong thing I, all i can say is like i support you and i hope that i hope that this makes change in a positive way you know Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, your hype? Whew, that's quite the segue, but <laughs> there's no easy segue. There is not. Um so no easy segue. I mean my hope is that some other people is like, oh shit, you know, like maybe I'll check out some stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Like what do you fucking what do you got to lose? Yeah. That's my biggest like I guess like confusion about people that are like so antagonistic toward a group of people trying to experience equality and like a lack of fear in just existing. Yeah. Like, like what, what do you, what do you have to, I mean, ultimately it's, it's about power, right? It's about unchecked power and the process of ex nomination, which is a, you know, I mean, that comes back to, there's this guy, this like, you know, I guess modern philosopher or thinker, he was in the world of linguistics. His name was Pierre Bourdieu. And he said, he coined this term ex nomination where ex nomination is the, is the process by which those in power do not question their own common sense. Right. So the idea that what I'm doing is not right is not even up for debate. It's not a part of the discussion. The discussion is about what the other is doing. Right. How, how would I ever be doing anything wrong? I'm in power. Exactly. Right. There's. Yeah. This is the way school works. This is the way the law works. This is the way Congress works. Right. Like, what are you talking about? You know. And if you want to, if you want it to work for you, then you've got to learn how to work within the system. And and when that system is completely disqualifying you from existing, like, of course, there's a problem here, right? Yeah. And but but the but the process of examination means that I don't even see it as a problem in the first place because it's common sense. It's normal. It's my lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have the degree of privilege that so many, you know, particularly white Americans have, it's just easy to you just have no concept of what that's like. I think for so many people, you know, exactly. You don't, you exactly. don't know, you don't even have any frame of reference. So it's easy to go, well, if I was that, I, that way I would feel this way or whatever. You don't know. I don't know how I would feel, 
you know? Right. And it, and just owning that is like, okay, all right, first step. Yeah, I think so too. Great. Well, but, we'll, we'll talk about step two next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, none of us, yeah. neither one of us are experts on this. We're just trying to do our best. So we appreciate you. We love everybody's listening to us and, you know. I'm a little bit more of an expert, though. Oh, yeah. gonna... <laughs> well, we are. We already discussed how I'm a paragon of virtue earlier today. So. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, I did a lot more growing. Yeah, you did over the past couple of years. Well, I was already, I was already pretty, pretty well formed, so I didn't really have to change any. So yeah, but you were pretty well formed as an asshole. <laughs> well, there we go. Seeking a privilege. <laughs> All right. All right. What's your height? So my height. It's hard. It was hard this week to be hyped about anything because it really was weighing on me. But um, we got a new mattress. Oh, and I, I didn't think I would be as excited as I am about it. But we have been sleeping on my girlfriend's like college mattress, like queen size college mattress for the past like three years. And uh-huh. it, I didn't realize how bad it was. I mean, it would have been better probably to sleep on the floor. It's just terrible. And my back hurts all the time. Because And I finally was like, hey, we would start talking about it. And it was both having like back issues and stuff. And we're like, maybe we should get a new mattress. And it was such a thing that was like, yeah, we should have done this a long time ago. We got one on sale. It was one of those order, order it in the mail and it comes in the box and you on. Well, I was going to ask like which podcast discount code for Casper did you use? <laughs> it wasn't Casper. It's like Litrus or something, but it, it, they, they had a Memorial Day sale. And so we, we did it. We split it and, and got it. And man, it's like, you got it here and unrolled it and you have to like, let it, you un, undo it. And then it takes like three days to fully fill out. Yeah. Cause that's the uncompress, but you can sleep on it anyway. We slept on it at like 75, like not even like full capacity last night. And it was amazing. I haven't slept that well yeah. in like five years. And I woke up and was <laughs> like, my back doesn't hurt at all. And you know, it was like this, it was like a testimonial or something. So I'm like, I'm super pumped on it. Um, that's uh, I, I'm, I'm here for that content. Yeah, I mean, I figure you probably have a nice mattress because. Well, we did the we did the same thing like two years ago. You, you you just take it for granted. You're like, ah, whatever. It's fine. It's a mattress. I don't spend money on that. But it is the thing you should spend money on. You use it all yeah. the time. It's like spending money on a nice TV. Just go to casper.com backslash IOLTOS <laughs> for your ten percent discount. You already worked out a deal. You get the and, and all the proceeds are going to you. And going straight to me buying a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I should have worked. Yeah, out no, we we did that. I guess we did that when we first moved back here. Like we had some old mattress that had been in storage for three years that we had been sleeping on for a decade before that. And, yeah. You know, and Mackenzie was like, oh, we're going to try this. You got one year to sleep on it and you can still send it back. And in the back of my mind, I was like, when have I ever since I've never returned anything. I'm definitely not going to return that. It's like it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. Exactly. Wait, so you, did you I wonder, am I supposed to roll that mattress back up and put it in a box? Yeah, I ain't rolling that back up. <laughs> you rolling that up. Uh, but yeah, we and I'll tell you, I still like, I get excited to crawl into bed because it, I mean, a good mattress is, you know, it's pretty legit. Yeah, man. Like I, my the years of kayaking have caught up to me and my lower back is just destroyed from from that and i'm sure that you know you doing your your weightlifting i'm sure you're constantly in some sort of pain in your back probably um and it's yeah i mean it's funny you actually like i don't 
I, I like to push back on people that are like, oh, I bet you're always in pain and, and be like, no, look, what I do is actually really safe and I'm not, yeah, but I'm, it, you know, I'm really, I'm really injured. But the irony is right now <laughs> I have a lower back issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're doing anything that active, you're going to wind up being hurt at yeah. some point in time yeah, for some same. degree of time. Yeah. So it's like, and, and having a nice mattress helps out with that. So yeah, I'm stoked on it and I didn't think I'd be this excited, but I am. I can't wait to go sleep after this. <laughs> well, well, we'll buzz right through the rest of this episode. <laughs> what's your What's your hype? I mean, honestly, like, okay, so <clears throat> we started recording this podcast in 2009, yeah. and um, uh, we, I'd say, if we let's say if we record an hour every time, and we're in episode 130, then probably we've spent a hundred hours trying to mix and match the levels of our voices <laughs> yeah right. Skype. and earlier tonight we get on and we've been we were testing levels and i was messing with my computer settings for about 45 minutes and i'll tell you i was really trying to manage my attitude because i was getting ready to say fuck this let's just not record ever again yeah, you, i don't want to turn it up it's turned up too high yeah. <laughs> we, we switched from guide to discord and all of a sudden it was like it was like a whole new world it, it sounded different yeah. so we, we switched uh, from two tin cans to uh, you know a modern <laughs> cell phone yeah it's hype because not only hopefully i mean hopefully it sounds better on the recording but the fact that like i can hear you so much better while we're talking yeah it's much clearer we're not having the background noise i hope it comes across i, I think that it's not perfect yet but i can see that we might be able to get it closer to perfect next time so yeah, there's some improvements that are going to happen. Trying to get a new microphone for for Groove, and and yeah. we'll move on from there. So sorry about the constantly sorry about the audio levels, but I think yeah, that's that is some hype. These people don't even know. They don't know. They don't know the we, struggle. When you pick up all these new fans, all these audio files, starting with one episode one thirty, they're going to be able to go back to the old archives. The Mitchell number one hater this week was like, I had to turn it off last week because of the hiss after David's voice. <laughs> Well, you know what, Mitchell? All right. Fuck you. <laughs> Shout out to the Oatmeal Conspiracy. They do all of our sound, our uh, our music. Not our sound. It would be good. It would sound good if the Oatmeal Conspiracy did our sound. They do all of our, our bumpers. So, is that your? That's all your hype? Yeah, that's all my hype. Uh, what, what hype still out for me is this new Run the Jewels album that came out today. Oh yeah, that's my consuming. Is it? Uh, see, I in theory, I should love Run the Jewels, right? Uh oh. It's almost made for me, right? It is it is in a lab concocted for you. Love love Killer Mike. I've listened to LP for years back when he was doing stuff with uh, I think Aesop Rock and stuff. And it, I don't dislike it, but it's never set my world on fire. Run the jewels. So And I know it's blasphemy to say that. I'm trying. You know, I really I'm trying. And I, but I, I'm like maybe this is the one that's gonna get me. I have so many friends that are super into Run the Jewels, you know? Here's the thing. I, okay, and now, and maybe this is blasphemy for me to say. There are certain musicians or musical acts and albums that are like a 10 for me, right? Uh-huh. But, and actually, I was, I was asking this question earlier this week of if it, and I don't know if I asked you this, but if an, if a band made an album that is one of like your all time favorite albums ever, is it your favorite band too as a result? And most of the people that I asked said, no, no, but the question speaks to this thing that happens where 
a, a band or a musical act will make an album that is just really, really good in your book, right? You love it. You can listen to it all the time. It gets you hyped up. It fits the context every time, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the rest of their output is kind of like, if that album is a 10, the rest of their output is maybe a five. It's the ultimate. I only like their old stuff. <laughs> there you go. I only like, right? the, I only like their one stuff. <laughs> I only like that one album. Yeah. Um, but Run the Jewels for me doesn't have a 10. But it has they they have four albums out now and they're all like eight and a half to nine. Okay. So for me, it's it's just on the cusp of being goat status. Yeah. But but it's so consistent across the board. Like I can listen to any one of those albums, especially the third one. I like the yeah. third one the best. I'm not saying it's the best one. Maybe I I'm saying it's the one that, that I like the most. Now the fourth album came out today and I've listened to it three times through now. Yeah. I plan on listening to it probably another three times tomorrow. Okay. Um, so you can say hype still out and that's fine. I just, I I appreciate them. I just don't love them, you know? And that's where I want to get, I feel like I should love them. I tell you, I think this one is going to be the soundtrack to summer 2020. Okay. For both good and sad reasons. Big, big, big uh, shoes to fill there from, you know, soundtracks of the summer of the past, but <laughs> this is a very different summer, so. It is, and we'll I think see. the album is, is prescient. There you go. Cool. Uh, uh, my what, heart what still you? out is um, your recipes? No. Um, <laughs> fair, the, enough, uh, fair enough. The, uh, so a buddy of mine... Um, you know, a guy I just I talk on the phone with frequently, and he 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 lives up here in in this region, and and we'll hang out every now and again during this time of you know shelter in place and whatnot. He's gotten back into a game, and he's gotten me back into this game, and we play together. We play Magic chess. together. Uh, no chess, chess. All right, chess is hot right now. Chess has got so a resurgence get, right now. So get this: he and I are basically the exact same player. Right. And we'll get on Skype, although now we're going to be getting on Discord. Yeah. Shout out discord.com backslash IOLTOS for 10% off. Um, <laughs> we should start an IOLTOS Discord. That's where our fans can get in there and share their. Yeah. Everything. God. Yeah. Fucking miserable. Yeah. Um, but like right now, he and I are. are are basically the exact same player. Like I'll win three games in a row and then he'll win three games in a row or we'll go back and forth. Like we're basically tied over the course of maybe 15 games, but I know one of us is going to start beating the other. <laughs> yeah, chess is one of those games where if one person's so much better than the other one, it's just not fun to play for the person who, for either person really. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard to find balance with that. Yeah, so I, it's fun because, like, we're friends and we've never, you know, there's some friends that maybe, I don't know, I feel like I get the impression from time to time there's some people I'm friends with that when it comes to something like that, all of a sudden they kind of, like, turn their hat backwards and it's time for them to compete against me. Yeah. And he and I are doing a thing where we'll get on Skype and we'll just chit-chat as we're playing a casual game of chess and we're both getting back into it at the same time. Right. That's That's good. So he, but, but he's, so he and I don't compete against each other in anything in life. But if one of us starts winning more than the other, then the question is going to become, do we, does this, is this going to tarnish our friendship? Well, this is, this comes down to, it's, <laughs> I think it's more of a question of once this guy gets better than you, 
is your true nature going to come out as it always does <laughs> and ruin this with your competitiveness? As it always does. Yeah. I have so many people tell me I'm competitive and I don't think that I'm competitive. <laughs> oh, come on. If I beat you at something, you would just, it would just burn you up at night. You would just lay awake thinking of how to, to but, beat me. But that's because you're not supposed to beat me. You're Why? Nobody is. I don't know. Why? <laughs> I'm not competitive. Entitled. I'm not competitive. Yeah, I'm entitled. I'm not competitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you deserve to win. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been consuming? All right, so I've been consuming. I have a a movie that I think might be good for your outdoor screen on the on the big screen. Ooh. Summer movies. It's uh, one I hadn't thought about for a while. Um, it's the movie Poltergeist. Oh my god! I know you don't like scary movies, but it's not super scary. Revisiting it, it is spooky, but it's a great like. There's some good action pieces in it, and some some good special effects in it. I think it'd be good on the big screen. The acting in it is really good. It's got Craig T. Nelson in it and uh, Joe Beth Williams. Craig T. Nelson from Coach Fame, he plays the dad. Yeah. And I expected to. I hadn't seen this movie in forever. I expected it to not hold up. It was actually very good. Um, just well done, interesting take, a twist on the haunted house genre. Um, you know, break some of the cliches of that genre. And uh, worth watching just because the 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 family is so well casted, I guess, and interacts so well. All I can say is I'm really glad Mackenzie has never listened to a podcast. Why? Because she would want to listen to it? She would want to watch she, it? She she loves the poultry guys. She fucking okay. loves the poultry guys. Well, you tell her I said it still holds up and that, you know, I'm on her side with that. Um, no. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message her on Facebook and tell her. Um, <laughs> she, she hasn't checked Facebook in like uh, damn seven it. years. <laughs> to write a letter. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we went around. <laughs> spoiled again um yeah so we watched that and then we watched the the reason we watched that is my girlfriend's trying to watch all the uh, sam rockwell movies oh yeah that's right Uh, i'm not sure why but i'm i'm into it because i like sam rockwell but sam rockwell was in the remake of poltergeist which i didn't know existed but the reason i was like she wanted to watch the polter and i was like we got to watch the original first and so we did this with True Grit, and it actually turned out great because we liked both versions of True Grit. Mm-hmm. But man, the remake of Poltergeist just undoes all the interesting non-cliche things of the original Sam Rockwell. When I've realized something with watching Sam Rockwell films, when he when he knows the script is good, he is on fire. He is the character, and when he knows the script is a piece of shit, he's all but winking at the camera, going like, "This is a piece of shit, isn't it, audience?" now watch me go interact with these people like I know that this is a piece of shit and the whole movie he's basically just winking at the camera you know wow. um, so don't watch the remake but the original is like really good unless you want Sam Walker to wink at you yeah <laughs> I mean he's an attractive guy <laughs> he is yeah uh, the other movie uh, one more I yeah uh, I don't know how well versed you are in the Coen Brothers movies Nothing. 
So no, you broke out for a second. Oh, I'm 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 medium on the Coen Brothers movie. Are you are you about to say the Ballad of Buster Shrove? No, no, no. I haven't watched that. I I, I love the Coen Brothers movies I've seen. There's a several of them I haven't, and unfortunately, one of them was Blood Simple, which was their first uh-huh. film, and is like uh-huh. a landmark of indie filmmaking. Um, a lot of people lump it in with Reservoir Dogs and some other of those those uh, late eighties, early nineties movies. Um, indie indie films, and watched it, and it was it's Frances McDormand's debut. Okay, um, she's in a lot of their movies because she's married to Ethan Cohen, I think. Yeah, but it's a it's a really good little noir crime thriller kind of thing. Pretty clever. It's a little, a little bit slow, but takes off in the end, and really good little indie movie. So I I suggest Blood Simple if anybody's looking for something to watch. I think it's on HBO right now. I I think I'm I'm investing in not that this is this is the worst take I've ever had, but I'm trying to just take people's recommendations because that helps end the constant scroll. Yeah, it, it that's true. There is like, yeah that the 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 thing that, that all these streaming services could do to improve the experience would be a better way of suggesting things to you. Not that the algorithm is not powerful. No, but it's but still like, just like this the selection paralysis of like, oh, what if, God. what if, how, how, let me ask you this. You pay $1 extra a month, or no, you don't have to pay any extra, but you could opt in and Netflix would only allow you three choices a day. Oh, that might be or, an interesting experiment. Or maybe just like weekdays. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting experiment. Because it is overwhelming, the amount of choice. Especially if you have anxiety like me. I'm like, oh, God, we're going to watch something. It's going to be terrible, and I'm going to waste two hours of my life when I could have watched something good. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that doesn't really matter. It's fine. I'll watch yeah, this. Yeah, you're wasting your life so, regardless. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, one. Let me just get through all my consuming, and then we'll go through yours. We've, uh, we've already done mine. Uh, what was yours? RTJ4. Okay. Run the jewels. All right. So I have one more uh, music, and this is a throwback that you'll recognize. But listen to some Sun Kill Moon again. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Sun Kill Moon. I don't know how to describe It's He's singer songwriter one man show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, little emo y, but, you know, folky too. Um, but he famously did a cover of ACDC songs, and then also the one that you're probably more familiar with is the the the, the cover album of all Modest Mouse songs. Yep. And then he's got his own stuff. I think he has a group called Red House Painters too. That's him. Yeah. Um, and his solo stuff is pretty good too. But that uh, you can look him up. The I really like both that ACDC album and the 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 modest mouse covers album they're both on on spotify along with all his other stuff interesting takes on those modest mouse songs interpretations i guess so have you been listening to which one have you been listening to both of them okay yeah yeah but the the modest mouse one has more songs i recognize on it because a lot of the acdc songs are like obscure that he has on the album but I love, he's got a version of uh, If You Want Blood, which is my favorite ACDC song that I really like. And it's completely right. like reinvents, it's cover songs that completely kind of reinvent the song, which I really like a lot. So, 
and uh some of the some of the modest mouse covers are interesting because modest mouse uh, speaking of uh, unintelligible lyrics a lot of times the way that isaac brock sings those modest mouse songs you can't hear the lyrics and with sun kill moon you can really he really hammers the lyrics in and they're they're pretty clever sometimes so yeah no that was i remember listening to sun kill moon for the first time and that modest mouse and being like holy shit isaac brock is a great fucking songwriter yeah i never knew because you can't hear him like he's got this like nasally whine thing going on you can't hear what's what he's actually saying so yeah yeah sweet man yeah that's my my consuming so well, I think once again we've taken chicken salad and turned it into chicken shit. <laughs> That's not the direction you want to go, but we are good at it. So <laughs> so effective. We took that chicken salad, we put it in a hollowed out avocado, we served <laughs> seared it. You gotta sear it, man. You gotta sear it. Put our put our steaming opinions in that and throw it right in the trash. We got our we got our white boy opinions and we added mayo. Yeah. <laughs> Just, we got our mayo based salad oh god I love it uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say maybe 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 alright I guess we're out yeah appreciate you uh Find us on Facebook. I only like their old stuff. That page is still up. You can go to our website, IOLTOS.com, and you can subscribe to this on Spotify or Apple. I think it's on the Apple's thing now, right? I mean, everybody on Apple is telling me that once the once the oatmeal conspiracy is done singing, it just goes blank. That was the one <laughs> that was the problem with one of the episodes, and I changed it. I think it fixed it. Well, I mean, I, I'll go. I mean, we could go find out. We'll, well find I don't out. have any Apple products. So it'd be helpful if you, who oh. knows everything about Apple products, because you're oh. yeah, <laughs> elitist. You know that I don't ride like that. I have Apple products because I don't give a shit about my computer. <laughs> I, have, I have Apple products because I don't know how to use a computer. Well. I'm not sure that helps that much with you with you. Welcome to Discord. Ten percent off. I will to us. Have a good week. All right. That's uh that's the episode. We appreciate y'all. And uh yeah, we'll talk to you soon. We out. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.